God is the joy and the strength of my life. He removes all pain, misery, and strife. He promised to keep me, never to leave me, and he'll never, ever fall short of his word. That is a part of a song. God is. And when you speak to yourself in psalms and hymns, reminding yourself of the promises of your creator and your God, it makes life a little bit easier. And I believe it's Ephesians 5.19 that suggests that we do just that. When you read the word of God and you let it become a part of who you are, you become more like your creator. When the Bible becomes real to you, when you can relate to the stories within its pages and you realize that nothing new happens under the sun because in all reality, nothing new does happen. If it's not happening to you, it's probably happening to somebody that you know and you can relate to that because you've seen it in your lifetime. Many of the stories you read in the Bible, you can see still coming into play in your day-to-day living because nothing new happens. We're all going through the same thing over and over again. And unfortunately, some of us are not even learning from these mistakes that we keep making. There are many lessons some of us have never internalized. God loves us, but do we love ourselves? And if we do love ourselves, how do we know that we love ourselves? And once we learn to love ourselves, will we go ahead and transfer that love to others? Will we allow that love balloon to grow and encompass everybody we come into contact with? How do we get unconditional love throughout the universe, or at least within our own physical realms? That unconditional love Does everybody in our family know that we have it, that we share it, what it is? Do they recognize it in us? Can they see that we are children of the Most High God? Matthew 24, 14, when this gospel goes all the way around the world, then shall the end come. I believe the last gospel to go around the world is the gospel of unconditional love. They will know that we are Christians by our love. It's not enough to know that somebody named Jesus was born of a virgin, came here, lived a perfect life, died, rose from the dead, and is coming again. That is just unrealistic to many people. To many people, that is just like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. But when they can see that there is a group of people loving unconditionally because a man lived perfectly, a man died, a man rose from the grave, and that same man is coming again, and that man's sacrifice helps me to live a life where I embrace everybody lovingly, equally, and openly, 
all of a sudden that gospel is real because unconditional love is not something everybody has experienced. Unconditional love is like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny to some people because most of the love that the world offers has strings attached. And when we see somebody loving unconditionally, in the back of our mind, we're wondering, what's the catch? What are they doing this for? What are they expecting to get in return? And then when we realize it's real, there are no strings attached. They are not expecting anything in return. They're just Christians. They're just holy people. They just love their God and recognize that he is everything. And all of a sudden, Matthew 24, 14 comes to fruition. Everybody recognizes that unconditional love is real and that they can give it and share it and be a part of it. Or they reject it and won't know part of it. But once everyone has had a chance to encounter unconditional love, I do believe the Lord I serve will part those skies, that trump will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. But COVID-19 has shown us that we don't love unconditionally. We're afraid of many things, and most of us are afraid of dying. And we would rather you quarantine for the rest of eternity than to take a risk of dying. And it's that fear of dying that has kept most of us from living, has kept us from loving unconditionally. If you're afraid to die, doesn't that mean that you don't have your house in order? You're not sure that if you breathe your last breath, you're going to end up in a good place? Or does that mean that you're so selfish that you'd rather keep living? What does it mean when we're afraid to die? And why should we be afraid to die? If you live your life to the fullest every day and you do everything you're able to do in a loving way, And should God allow you to see the next day, you're just going to do the same thing and love and love and love some more and make the most of every breath you're allowed to breathe. Should death come? Should it be a mystery? Should it be a thing to fear? Because we've not been living, because we've not been enjoying our life, Is that why we're afraid? Or is it because we've acquired so much stuff, we don't want to just leave it for anybody to play with and have their way with? What is it that we're really afraid of? And should we be afraid of anything? The book of Timothy says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Life, the great adventure. Just live every day to the fullest. Love those who come into your life on a regular basis. Embrace them with all the love that you can give them and shower on them your great wisdom and let them know that they are appreciated. 
There are so many people that just need to hear a positive word, just need to see a smiling face. COVID-19 has us in an interesting place, but we have choices. We always have. We always will. God is love. And those of us who represent him will do so lovingly. And when that gospel of unconditional love goes all around the world, when Matthew 24, 14 has been fulfilled, I do believe we will see Jesus coming in the clouds. We will see the dead rise up to meet him in the air. And then we who are alive will be called up to meet him in the air. And we will go and begin the thousand years of judgment. And after that thousand years, we will come back with him. And all of those who remained and died at the brightness of his coming will rise up, meet their judgment, enjoy the lake of fire, and then everything will be made new. And then we who were resurrected when Jesus came in the air will walk on this new earth and enjoy eternity in heaven made new. The Bible is full of things to help us understand who God is and how we should be. And Friday sundown to Saturday sundown is that original Sabbath mentioned in the second chapter of Genesis. The evening and the morning. I enjoy Sabbath because I'm taken away from the ordinary. I enjoy Sabbath because it allows me to focus on a God that always has been and always will be, whether I want to be a part of that or not. I enjoy Sabbath because it reminds me of who I am and whose I am. And if you take that one day every week and you commune with your creator on that one day, Will you ever forget whose you are and who you are? When you keep Sabbath, you can't help but get closer to your God, closer to your creator. And if you can do it as a family or with friends and enjoy your natural surroundings and be out in the elements to be reminded that this is what God created for us for our enjoyment, for our pleasure, for us to commune with him and be one with him. He loves us. He knows what's best for us. And he knows that we need a time to set apart from everything else, to remind it of who we are and whose we are. We'll be more loving. We'll be more kind because we'll always remember and that's how sin took over, because we stopped remembering the Sabbath day. 
we stopped keeping the Sabbath day holy. And when you don't take time out to remember, you will forget. And as you forget how to love and to be loved, the only thing left is to give way to the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye. I ask that you, if you have never kept Sabbath before, today's a good day to start. To choose one day out of seven, preferably the day that he gave us in Genesis chapter two, the seventh day, to commune with your creator and to remember whose you are and who you are. To practice loving unconditionally and enjoy being loved unconditionally. There's always a time to start. If you've never kept Sabbath before, today is a good day to start. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your Sabbath. We thank you for your Ten Commandments. And one of those commandments you said, remember, not that it would do anything for you, but that it would do everything for us. Help us to be more appreciative of your love, your kindness, all that you are, always have been, and always will be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.